Well, welcome to another new broadcast week of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It's so good to have you along for the ride today. It is Monday, the 12th of December. That means it's another movie Monday. And boy, do we have, especially, okay, I, I realize there's been a lot of tough weather, especially for our California audiences over the past couple of days. And whenever there's tough weather, I mean, heck, even in the desert, they got a few sprinkles, right? Uh, but when you've got four inches overnight and five inches here, and, and boy, it's, it's a lot of tough weather. Oftentimes, our minds will think about want to make sure the roof's okay, want to make sure the windows are all you know sealed up. Hope I don't have to go outside. Oftentimes, we don't think about who is outside, who is being impacted by the elements, as it were. And there's a brand new movie, a faith-based movie that's in theaters tonight and tomorrow that we're going to be talking about in our second half hour today. The movie is called Five Thousand Blankets, and it tells the story of Cindy and Bobby Birch a couple from Fort Worth, Texas, who uh, dealt with the issue of homelessness and mental illness and a very simple question from their then five-year-old son that led them on a quest to find blankets for people who are homeless. And I want to encourage you, uh, first, go see the movie. It's in theaters tonight and tomorrow, uh, coming up at uh, the bottom of the hour of this hour here, uh, kicking off our second half-hour segment. Um, Amin Matalka is going to join me. He's the director of this new movie, 5,000 Blankets. <clears throat> but I think that, I, I wonder how many of us will look at a movie like this and be inspired and then turn away and say, wow, that was a great movie. I'm glad somebody else is doing something about that. I'm so blessed that we here at the Bottom Line Show have, uh, you know, the spirit of ministry. I mean, when you hear me talking about these movies and things like that, I mean, a, a lot of it is just a passion of mine. Um, you know, there's no financial consideration. It's just this is a great movie, and I'm grateful our friends at Fathom Events are going to pony up a couple pair of tickets. Since it is Movie Monday, we're giving away tickets to tomorrow night's showing just to give you uh, plenty of time to figure out where it's playing near you. It's going to be on about 800 screens nationwide, and so I think most bottom-line listeners are familiar with the drill right now. If you, um, if you go online at Fathom Events, you find out, you just punch in 5,000 blankets, the word or the number 5,000 the blankets. And you'll find this movie. And then you can find out when it is playing and where. Typically on a Tuesday night release, it would show around 7 o'clock at night, maybe 6. And uh, you get the opportunity to see it. And I'm hoping that they, I mean, last I heard they were going to be on 800 screens. So I'm hoping they have more. But it's one of those those situations where oftentimes I think the the, the enormities, the problems of life seem too big. And oftentimes I, I know how this is for me. And it may be in your situation too. Oftentimes we think since we can't solve the entire problem, we don't wind up taking a swing at any part of the problem. And I think that we're at a point in human history right now. Uh, there was a study that was conducted by Faithwire and Pew Research that was asking people, are we living in the end times? And 40% of Americans think that we are. <laughs> and toward that end, question we have to ask then is, is what are we building toward? What are we spending our time on? How are we, uh, I was talking with a pastor uh, who's going to be on the, Mike Novotny, who's been a regular guest here on the bottom line. Mike and I were doing a little prep work for an interview that we're going to be uh, uh, featuring here on the bottom line show later this month about his brand new book on suffering and, and hurting and seeing through the pain. And uh, he shared the quote, I think it was, uh, uh, Chesterton, or maybe it was Moody, that says, you know, we have to make sure 
that when it comes to doing the things in life, I'm going to paraphrase here, that we place value on, we don't spend our time getting really, really good at things that don't matter. And when it comes to reaching out to helping people, the, the story of the Birch family and 5,000 blankets, uh, that was the number of people in the De Fort Worth area where they lived uh, at any one given time. And this is back, the story takes place, I think, in 2005, 2006. The, this is the number of people who were impacted by homelessness. And so therefore the thought was, if we could find 5,000 blankets, we could give everybody in the Fort Worth area uh, a blanket to fight off the bitter cold of the winter um, for one night. And that's, you know, just as simple as where it began. It's kind of like our work with preborn. And and people will say, well, how, how do you plan to stop abortion? I mean, abortion's no longer legal on a federal level. It's legal in half the states in America. Uh, states are moving away from what they used to call surgical abortions to what they call medical or chemical abortions now. So you've got the pill being distributed, a, a two-step approach. And in essence, what happens then is your 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 bathroom basically becomes an abortion clinic and the prescription can be uh, done online and the, uh, the the consultation with the so-called medical expert who's doing the abortion or supervising it uh, can be done on zoom and we see a growing number it's like 55 percent of the abortions are going to be performed in the u.s this this next year in that fashion so the idea of going to the clinic and trying to talk the woman out of going in and having a surgical abortion the, the method and the methodology are changing. So why do we partner with preborn? Well, we partner with preborn because in spite of, or I should say, despite what the Associated Press says about their style guide now is, is encouraging writers to not use terms like partial birth abortion and fetal heartbeat. We should, we should call it cardiac activity instead. That's just a flutter. That, that's not really a heart. That's not really a heartbeat. I mean, my goodness, the, the, the enemy is working overtime to try to deceive people. And yet, our friends at Preborn soldier on because bottom line listeners like you are saying, yes, I'll make a $28 donation. And that provides, uh, covers the cost of pregnancy test, ultrasound, technicians who are there at the Pregnancy Health Center. And it, it covers the cost of getting it there. Or or we'll make the donation of $15,000 or contribute toward that to put one ultrasound machine in a pregnancy health center. Because abortion clinics have ultrasound machines that they don't let the women see. I mean, obviously, they can see it when they're doing the ultrasound, but they won't let you see what's on the camera. If you've, I have, let's see, we have four grandchildren now. And I was privileged when my grandson Isaac was had been in the womb about mm, 10 weeks or something like that. And I had just come off a little medical scare myself, had a couple days off. Uh, Emily got the, had made the appointment to have an ultrasound done. They do them a lot sooner than they do now. I mean, if you remember being a parent 35 years ago, it was only, we had an ultrasound done on Emily when she was in the womb because her mom uh, was the child of a woman who had been a twin. It skips a generation and her mom was putting on a lot of weight and they said, wait a minute, there might be twins in there. We better take a picture. No, it's just them, the shortest and most petite of the three children. <laughs> um, but nonetheless, we were having the ultrasound opportunity, and I got to go with her, uh, and we got to see Isaac in the womb, and it was really great because the technician said, I've never been wrong. I have a perfect record. And said, well, I don't want to know. And the technician looked and mouthed at me and said, it's a boy. And I was super excited. But we knew right away. 
a month earlier, his dad and mom heard his heartbeat, and it was very much a human being. So the idea that the culture can kind of move you away from that, Preborn comes in and says, here's what we're going to do. We're going to, you make that $28 donation. And that is, in essence, there's an 83% chance that that child will survive because mom will choose adoption or the live birth and become a parent. Still 17% of women will hear that heartbeat, see the ultrasound and say, I'm going to abort the child. That's a reality in the states where that's legal. But we love the fact that you just simply telling the truth one child at a time is saving tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of lives and leading tens of thousands of women to Christ every year. By the way, 833-850-BABY is the number to call. Uh, we have a special matching gift in place right now with Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services. And your gift is doubled, effectively, toward the purchase of an ultrasound machine. We've raised about $1,500 toward that goal. We need 6000 more to get another ultrasound machine in. $15,000 cost. Dennis and his good friend uh, Jeff Wood have put up the first $7,500. we are going to match the rest. So I know there's a $100 donation, a $500 donation, a $1,000 donation today at 833-850-BABY or go to kbrightradio.com and click on the uh, the uh, banner for preborn. Taking a stand, one small action. Remember, the mustard seed is the smallest seed and it casts the, makes the biggest plant and casts the biggest shadow. Uh, speaking of that, taking a stand, uh, we'll take a quick break here and when we continue... I'm going to talk about something that happened right here in Southern California uh, during a time of tremendous upheaval, a lot of confusion in the culture. There should, I hate to use the word should, there really should not have been the confusion that there was with regard to race and ethnicity, but there was. There was a lot of bad blood. And there was a lot of segregating of people simply because of the color of their skin. And people would say, well, yeah, you have to because, you know, different people, different ethnicities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check under the hood. The DNA, the body chemistry, everything about, I mean, this is one of the things that they teach in, in ethnic studies courses now. And, and more and more people are getting the hint. Uh, if the skin color is black, brown, white, yellow, whatever, that means you have a different hue. But it doesn't mean it's a different you than anybody else. And there was a case in Southern California recently that has resulted in a Monument Park tribute opening up just a week or so ago to give viewers and visitors who come to this park a chance to go back to the 1940s when students of Hispanic origin were not allowed to go to public schools because the public schools were considered white. And oftentimes, even in a place like Orange County, the Hispanic kids were told, you need to go to a Mexican school. One family took one stance to change all that, and we're going to take a look at their fabulous legacy on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Keep it. You know, Preborn has been doing so many wonderful things for so many different people, and I'm so grateful that when I talk about the so many different people, obviously they're having an impact on the lives of children because these babies are getting a chance to live because these ultrasound machines are in place. Last year, or I should say during the past year, 2022, the number of ultrasound machines placed through the first three quarters of this year, 40. Last year for the entire year, it was 25. Since we began working with Preborn back in October of this year, we have helped to raise enough support to place three ultrasound machines, three more 
into pregnancy health centers, and we're going for a fourth. Right now, Dennis Wilson, a longtime partner of the Bottom Line Show and a colleague of his, have put up a matching grant, and there's still some of that matching grant in place right now. So your $100 donation gets doubled and becomes $200. Your $250 donation becomes $500. It takes $15,000 to put an ultrasound machine in a pregnancy health center. We need $6,500 more to get another machine in. Will you help us out? 833-850-BABY is the number to call. 833-850-BABY. That's 833-850-2229. Or go to kbrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Look for the pre-born banner. Click on the banner. Follow the prompts. It's the best decision you'll make today. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. A little missed history for you here, right here in the Southland, and a brand-new park that's going to act as a shrine, a, a remembrance of all of this. Um, you may remember the landmark Supreme Court case in 1954, Brown versus versus the Board of Education. Uh, this happened in Topeka, Kansas, and it was very interesting to see how the Supreme Court took on the case of whether or not the it was lawful for a government entity to establish schools that were segregated by race. Now, here in 2022, knocking on the door of 2023, it seems like it, that's just completely inconceivable. And yet, if you can believe it, uh, this is part of our nation's history, and it's a story that's not always told. Oftentimes, we hear the story of Brown versus Board of Education, and we think, oh, yeah, that's the one that, that really set the tone. But what led up to Brown versus the Board of Education? About 10 years earlier, there was a case in Southern California, actually in Orange County, and it involved public school educators who had determined that they were, in fact, uh, being discriminated against. 1943, <clears throat> we set the Wayback Machine for the middle of World War II, and a woman by the name of Sylvia Mendez, who is now 86 years of age, but you set the Wayback Machine to 1943, and this is a woman who was part of a group of kids that were told that they were not allowed to go to the public schools in their area because of the fact that they were Hispanic. In 1943, Sylvia Mendez and her brothers were denied entry at a school that was called 17th Street School in Westminster, and the reason they were denied was because they were Hispanic. of Mexican descent. That was the sole reason. Uh, take just a moment, if you will, regardless of your ethnic background, and imagine walking into a public school with your kids or your grandkids and saying, okay, it's public school, taxpayer funded. We have a state mandate for public education. Um, every kid is afforded the opportunity. And if they have different needs, then we have special ed schools for them, et cetera. But every child will be enrolled in the school. Can you imagine going to your local public school in your school district, walking in and having the woman behind the counter or the man or the non-binary or whoever's working there saying, oh, I'm sorry, you can't go here. You need to go to the Mexican school. You need to go to the black school. Or back then it might've been the colored school or something. I mean, just think of, I, I, I just shake my head. It was 80 years ago, which isn't a ton of time, but, Brown versus the Board of Education went to the Supreme Court in 1954. We're talking about 1943. But the Hispanic families knew 
the Mexican families did, that they were being discriminated against, obviously. The question was, who was going to take a stand? Would, would they be successful? Would the court even rule in their favor? Would they even hear the case? This was in 1943 when Ms. Mendez and her brothers were not allowed to come to 17th Street School in Westminster. So five of the dads, a guy called Gonzalo Mendez, who's Sylvia's dad, uh, got together with other families. They began talking and realizing that, hey, the, the Mendez family was in Westminster. There were some kids in Garden Grove, some kids in Santa Ana, and ironically, some kids in El Medina. I mean, I grew up near El Medina. Uh, we lived in the unincorporated part of, I think now they would call it North Tustin or something, but it was literally on the borderline of Tustin and Elmo. Uh, as a matter of fact, we used to used to play, our schools used to play in sports competitively against each other. So I know that area very, very well. Um, the Westminster School District was the one where 17th Street School was in Westminster. Um, Albedina is now in Orange Unified. And these dads all got together, and in 1945, they filed a lawsuit against the school districts and asked the question, why do our kids have to go to the quote-unquote Mexican school? Can't they go to the school, the school that's closest? the school that has the best opportunity for our children. Uh, interestingly enough, they filed their lawsuit. A year later, a federal judge ruled in their favor. So now, of course, the districts all have to appeal. We're not discriminating. When, even if we are discriminating, who cares? Everyone discriminates, right? This is America in 1945. I mean, remember, we had Japanese, quote unquote, detention centers after Pearl Harbor where Japanese American citizens who are American citizens lost everything. Oops, my bad. We just wanted to make sure you weren't going to do a little inside job. And again, you probably know people who are impacted by this. I grew up with people whose grandparents lost everything because of the internment, as it were. So there was an appeal by all the school districts. It went to the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, which these days we call the Ninth Circus Court because... <clears throat> they usually rule on a rather progressive matter, but on April 14, 1947, the federal judge court ruling was held and upheld by the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. As a matter of fact, every time you talk about Brown versus Board of Education in Topeka, the national case that went in 1954, you can't look at that case without looking at Mendez versus Westminster School District. It was one of the foundational cases. And remember, when we do see a case go to the Supreme Court, oftentimes we'll say it's 303 creative or it's Jack Phillips or whatever. But in many cases, a case like Obergefell or whatever is actually, that's the name they give the case. But there are other cases that are kind of ancillary to it that come alongside and become a part of that equation as well. Mendez versus Westminster School District was the precursor for Brown versus Board of Education. And of course, in 1954, the Supreme Court ruled that it was illegal, it was unconstitutional to segregate kids in public schools simply based on their race. Former Westminster City Council member Sergio Contreras worked with Sylvia Mendez to put together a new uh, monument, if you will, to the work of Gonzalo and Felicitas Mendez. And Mendez Tribute Monument Park in Westminster opened on Thursday, December the 1st. We'll take a quick break here. When we come back, I want to talk about why this is so important and why this missed history is the kind of stuff that I think we in the body of Christ need to do a better job of paying attention to. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues.
Ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive 6% CD alternative. This unique real estate-backed investment has continued to perform exceptionally well in good times and in bad. I just reviewed a client file, and it really felt bad because in reviewing the file, I realized that if they had followed the advice they had received, if they had put the money in the CD alternative, as I had recommended, they would have earned enough to build a church in Africa. Instead, the money is still in the bank, earning nothing but dust. I realized how important it is to know it's God's money and we're just a good steward of it. One simple idea on the CD alternative would build a church in Africa. Honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. Call 800-696-9970. That's 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking about uh, reconciliation and how one small step can make things better. And we in the body of Christ, we've known this for years. But it's very encouraging to see the number of people who have stepped up over the years and let their small steps turn into large trails, in this case, large paths for other people to walk. Sylvia Mendez is one of the five children of Gonzalo and Felicitas uh, Mendez. And they were one of the five plaintiff families in a lawsuit, Mendez et al. versus Westminster Unified School District. And the it helped end segregation in California schools. A good decade before Brown versus the Board of Education of Topeka, Kansas, uh, became the Supreme Court standard. But if you can imagine, I mean, this is a woman who, this is their family story, and yet it was about 20 years ago when Sylvia Mendez started sharing this story with uh, school children. She brought the story of her her case and her family to students all across Orange County. By the time 2011 rolled around, then-President Obama awarded her a Presidential Medal of Freedom. So now, thanks to a $1.4 million grant from the California State Parks, a brand-new park has opened up in Westminster. It's called the the Mendez Tribute Monument Park. It's a park that uh, has a you know, certain number of you know acres of land here, in addition to what will soon be built, a 2.5-mile Mendez Freedom Trail, which will go actually along Hoover Street in Westminster. And it's just going to be gorgeous. The, the Mendez Freedom Trail will cost about $5 million. The bulk of that is coming from the Na- California Natural uh, Resources Agency and other state funding. The city of Westminster has chipped in about $1.2 million to make it happen. And on the trail, what you're going to have is uh, basically virtual reality videos, some photographs, some audio narrations, as well. Kids and adults can do a virtual scavenger hunt at every statue station. You can activate a virtual video of Sylvia telling you her story. You can even take a photo with virtual Sylvia. She's 86 now, and she's not going to be out at the park every day. <laughs> That's for sure. But you know what's amazing? Uh, basically, this is the corner of Westminster Boulevard and Olive Street, by the way, in Westminster. If you can imagine, I mean, why this story is so important to tell. Um, I know it touched me deeply when I read this story. My mom uh, was born in uh, in Upland. Uh, her dad and his family were from Rancho Cucamonga. They were part of the, you know, their their immigration story goes like this. They went to bed one night in 1843, and they were in Mexico, and they woke up the next morning, they were in California. I mean, that's basically how that all worked out. And growing up in Pico Rivera and growing up in, 
in, in this time. Um, my mom never really had the same issues that a lot of these kids did, but that's because a lot of these kids wound up at the quote unquote Mexican school. And it wasn't a question of where you got the best education. It was the Mexican kids are going here because that's what the you know, predominant minority was in Orange County in Southern California. And there are other parts of the country where it's, well, this is where the African-American kids go. Or this is where the Asian kids go. And the fact that such was the segregation story, not in every district, but in a lot of them. And it's amazing to me, 61 years of age, lifelong California resident, hearing this story for the first time. And it makes me wonder how many of us in the body of Christ, we know what we've been taught, but do we really know the whole story? Coming up Thursday on the Bottom Line Show, a little foreshadowing here, Raymond Arroyo is going to join me. You know Raymond from the EWTN network and all his many appearances on Fox News Channel. He's a regular with Laura Ingram, sometimes even hosts her show. He's written a story about the wise men that is just going to blow you away because of the investigation, the, the kind of you know due diligence that he did in discovering the real story of the wise men. And he put it into a kid's book, but it really should be a movie series, quite frankly. Um, it, it's just a fascinating story. I can't wait to talk to him. The Wise Men Who Found Christmas is the name of the story. That's coming up on Thursday's edition of the Bottom Line Show. And I encourage you to make sure you're with us for that, because we'll be giving away copies of the, that book. But that's another part of history that we missed. And I don't want us as Christians to miss important history that can help us spread the gospel to people who have lived that and feel like they're ignored. All this info about the Mendez Park is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We're going to take a quick break. On the other side of this break, uh, I'm going to talk with a guy who is bringing a movie to theaters tonight and tomorrow. The movie is called 5,000 Blankets. Amin Matalka is the director of this movie. How do you solve homelessness? One blanket at the at time. That was the wish of a five-year-old boy in the Fort Worth area back in 2005, 2006. You're going to hear about this movie, and we're going to give you a chance to get tickets to see it. On the other side of this break, 5,000 Blankets coming up next as the bottom line continues. I appreciate the friendship that Stephanie Cover and I. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. Stephanie Cover puts her clients total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. If it developed over the years along with uh, Lisa and, and my wife Lisa and her husband Jim, and I appreciate the fact that she has such personal integrity. She knows the laws that have changed dramatically during the COVID pandemic. She's here to help you with a faith-based perspective. Learn more when you go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Law today. Special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line, uh, Amin Matalka is the director of a brand new movie called 5,000 Blankets. It's a very unusual title 
But once you get into the story and the storytelling, you'll begin to see why this is so important. I mean, welcome to the Bottom Line Show today. Thank you for having me, Roger. Well, this is it, this is a powerful movie, and I, I was meaning to tell you this before we actually started our recording here, but uh, I love the fact, and I kind of was uncomfortable a little bit with the fact that you start right in with the premise of the story of dealing with homelessness and people who are on the street right away. You really didn't give me a chance to buckle up and get ready for this roller coaster. We literally, from the opening credits, you know, it starts with a nice little scene of father and son, and the next thing you know, we're trying to find dad on the street. Why was this story so important for you to tell? Well, uh, I got involved just uh, a few months before we, I mean, just in the summer of last year, when the, the script came to me, it was already pretty much cooked up and had been devel in development at Sony. Um, it started even before that, eight to 10 years prior. And by the time it came to me, it was already financed and it was an opportunity to tell a story of, it's based on a true story, Cindy Bunch down in uh, Fort Worth, Texas. And it's um, it's a story of an unsung hero, someone who life dealt her these lemons. And because of her son, who at the time was five in real life, uh, he wanted to, to basically... You know, the the story is she loses her husband. He goes, he has a mental breakdown. He goes missing. And in her quest to find him with her son, they end up forming a charity for the homeless and collecting 5,000 blankets in that first year. What was so interesting about it for me was the relatability of someone who gets beat up by the world. It feels like a Rocky story, you know, mm -hmm. and she just keeps getting back up. She doesn't feel sorry for herself. She has anxiety about what's going on to her, but she's doing it all for her son. Mm -hmm. And it's relatable on that level. While there is the theme of homelessness and the theme of, of uh, charity and all that for me, what really gravitated, gravitated me towards the script and the story was this story of triumph and someone who just won't feel sorry for themselves. She just is a fighter and she fi finds ways to, to keep going, you know? Mm -hmm. It's beautiful when you, when you see that the quest for stories, because it's kind of like, I've got a Rocky type of quality to it in the sense that, you know, at the end of the first Rocky movie, when Stallone realizes that he isn't going to win this battle necessarily, but he won the war, you know, over the fear, yeah. and the, you know, those right. things. it doesn't matter what, who, whose arm gets raised at the end, because there are so many other incremental battles along the way. And uh, Amin Mataka is with me today here on The Bottom Line. He's the director of this new movie called 5,000 Blankets. We have a link for the trailer, 5,000blanketsmovie.com, up at thebottomlineshow.com. You'll find it there as well. It's in theaters today, Monday, December 12th, and also tomorrow, December 13th. And this is one of those faith-based movies that will drive you to the theater to tell your friends, and you'll want to go see it. Um, when, when you talk about what, what was it like working with Cindy, working with Anna, you know, Anna Camp, who plays her in the movie, in, in terms of trying to get the, the balance right, because this isn't a very glamorous movie by any stretch of the imagination, but there's an elegance and a sophistication to it that I really appreciate. I mean, there's the dignity of human life is all over this movie. That's I, 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 very, very powerful for me. Oh, thank you. Yeah, no, from the first time I met with Anna, uh, who was just wonderful, the first thing that we hit it off we we you know in in meeting with her she hadn't decided if she was going to play the role or not yet but she we had sent her the script she said i'd like to meet with you she loved the script and she said let's talk about what your vision for the film is and we immediately instantly connected we didn't want to make a preachy movie while it is faith-based we wanted to make a movie that's respectful to the audience's intelligence in a way that not to say that faith-based films aren't but i don't want to make a, a film that is preachy i wanted to make a movie that is 
engaging because of the personal struggle. And first thing she said is, I see Cindy as someone who doesn't put on makeup. She's just in her jeans and in her And it was like, we both were just on the same mm. vibe. You know, we both were like, yeah, this is this is a story of just getting punched and getting back up. Right, you know? right. And, so, and, and also Anna brought like a, a little little bit of a humor and a kindness to the 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 character that is just naturally intrinsically in her you know so is it it, it made she made my job easy but between anna and carson manier who played philip and mm -hmm. and rob mays and cindy hogan all the supporting cast they were just they made you know we do one or two takes and move mm -hmm. on we, we we shot the movie in 17 days and uh wow very quickly 30 oh my goodness 17 uh -huh. yeah it was a very fast production but you know when you're working with pros who are so good at it and they just we we so there was some kind of divine force guiding us along the way yeah. you know yeah. it was really beautiful yeah you can feel it i mean matalka is with me today here on the bottom line he's the director of the new movie Five Thousand blankets it's in theaters December 12th and 13th only. Fathom Events, couple of days uh, that they're showing these uh, type of movies. And so we encourage you to check out the trailer and then go see this. Uh, can we talk about the the mental uh, challenges that, uh, that Rob's character, Bobby, plays in the movie? And I thought he did such a great job. One of the things that you typically see in a somebody gets knocked down and has to get back up again type of story is, but this is something that's attacking him. And you, I love the fact that you told it so uh, unflinchingly, I guess is a good word for it, yeah, yeah, but it's, yeah. without, without being gratuitous. I mean, you know, the, it, yeah. he didn't go on some maniacal tirade and this, that, and the other thing. I mean, Bobby just basically disappeared. What was it like for you as a director to say, how do we treat that part of the story as carefully? And I think as effectively as you did. Yeah, that's a great question. It was very uh, tricky and, and sensitive terrain to walk on and tread lightly and, and carefully. But thanks to Rob Mays, who who played uh, Bobby, he did his homework. And then in talking to Sullius, my cinematographer, we came up with, um, we made a decision to tell the the mental illness aspect of the story with a very subjective point of view while there is no dialogue in his scenes we're really right there we fixed the camera right onto him and really showed you know did some camera trick work to kind of capture that sense of point of view uh, of confusion uh in 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 how he's dealing with the world around him and then musically uh, also panu altio our composer did some really cool uh mm -hmm. sonic uh orchestral sound design with electronics to really capture the doodles the kind of the internal monologue in his head that's not through words but through music you're we're kind of uh, creating an experiential uh component to the movie and uh it, it was it was uh just tricky but very satisfying to see the the end results all come together performance music and camera work i mean metalka is my guest today here on the bottom line he is the director of the new movie Five Thousand blankets and i'm getting excited about uh, just reliving the movie that i have seen and i want to share with bottom line listeners here uh, i encourage you to go to the bottom check out the trailer or better yet since you're hearing this uh, conversation uh today is opening day it's a two-day release limited only december 12 and 13 in theaters through Fathom events go see this movie how many screens do you know i mean how many of you guys are going to be opening on right now so our listeners yeah, know. It's, uh, yeah it's it's going to be on 800 screens excellent uh, which which is great because when they greenlit the movie it was it was initially going to be for pure Flicks for their streaming service and then mm. they saw the movie and they were like no 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 this this warrants a a, a wide theatrical uh 
you know, somewhat wide com compared to you know what it was intended. But eight hundred screens, two nights only. Yes. The, the there are parts of any type of movie like this, you know, where there's a heroine, there's somebody who's you know fighting the the uphill battle, and then there are the 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 obstacles. I mean, the fact that she's meeting homeless people as she's out, as Cindy's looking for Bobby, and and she encounters some some rather you know rough and tumble characters who've been down the street for a while and maybe a little more calloused to, oh, here comes the do-gooder. You just want to find your person, but you don't care about homelessness as a problem. And then the the church and the, her church's response, which was tepid. Uh, is that a polite way of saying it? Initially, <laughs> you know, when they started start collecting the, the blankets, it would be very easy in modern culture to just say bad church, bad church, ignorant, rich people who don't know what the homeless are like. You handled it, I thought, so well in terms of being fair with and being realistic without being shamey what was it like for you as a director to try to yeah keep that balance? I, I love i love whenever we're dealing with sentimental or schmaltzy in some ways mm -hmm. in kind of uh dealing with it in a humorous way that's also respectful but playful but really it all comes from the character's journey and when you're when you're on a mission nothing like nobody hands you you know, uh, an easy path. You have obstacles to go along the way. And amongst her obstacles are just like, how do we get people to see the human face behind, you know, mm -hmm. behind the surface? And mm -hmm. really the movie, uh, if I feel like we succeeded in doing anything, it's it's capturing the emotional journey of Cindy and her son, but also really giving a face to the, to the people. And Cindy Hogan, who plays Delia, one of the homeless people, um, really, the, one of my favorite scenes is just two people sitting at a diner, Cindy and 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 uh, Delia, and they're just talking about where they are in life mm -hmm. and what's happened. There's no fancy camera because I'm really proud of the camera work that we did. We did a lot of oneers and like one shot, you know, kind of fun camera things. But then to do that one scene, two people at a diner, fixed cameras, you know, just let them talk and let them connect. And it's a movie about empathy and seeing past the barriers and. Um, yeah, it's about humans being people and and crossing the 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 walls across the social barriers. You know, mm -hmm. it's amazing how much ministry can happen when people are just being themselves and letting God be God through them, as opposed to preaching or you know yeah. organizing you know these types of things. Obviously, someone had to organize the initial uh, run of the five thousand blankets that were collected. Um, was there a t you mentioned sentimental uh, and and a movie like this? it would be so wonderful to be able to say and bobby came home and everything's better but the reality is you told the story the way the story has actually played out you know not giving a spoiler alert here but where is cindy with her ministry right now and how are things with bobby and the family yeah i mean things are still challenging for uh for him in in real life and um and we don't try to sugarcoat it you know and and um uh, but where Philip Swish, the foundation that they started, Cindy and Philip, it it, it grew from five thousand blankets to now they collect over a hundred thousand items a year, mm. and they feed homeless, and they Love do it. a lot of work in in Fort Worth uh, and surrounding areas. And Cindy is just a force of nature. I mean, it was so wonderful to see her visit the set. We had already started production, and I think it was during the first week she came to visit. And we just felt that moment when Cindy and Anna meet for the first time. I spontaneously grabbed my phone and filmed it, uh -huh. and we put it in the end, end credits of the movie to see, you know, it, it, there's a, you know, life is full of ups and downs, and there's little moments of victory. And I feel like that is part of her journey is to finally see her story told on the big screen in a way that feels 
just emotional. I think you know, if if yeah. an audience can leave the film feeling like they had a uh, an emotional experience, and I think that's what that's why we go to the movies to feel something. Right, and 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 obviously, you know, there's there's that kind of call to action, and we look at Cindy and we admire the work that she and Philip did to not only try to track down Bobby, but also they wound up finding a ministry that's uh, you know providing. Uh, necessary items for people who are finding a, experiencing a season of homelessness. Uh, how did you balance the movie in such a way that we could feel sad, we could feel happy, we could feel all these sorts of things, but not feel like ashamed of ourselves for not having our own homeless ministries when we walk out? Because you know, I mean, that that's a big challenge for a lot of people. It's like you, you, the the the, the main character is so sympathetic, and we're so drawn to them that oftentimes I come away from a movie like this, you know, sometimes feeling like I should be doing more this just kind of made me more motivated to want to keep staying in my lane and doing the things that God's called me to do. What was there a conscious effort there? Or is this kind of a, a yeah. supernatural response to the way the movie ended? Thank you. Um, I, I had a very conscious effort to not be preachy, yeah. you know, just be honest, tell the story and, and any dialogue and, and this, you know, credit the script. The script was just beautiful to begin with, Yeah. but also just the approach to kind of, if you're telling, if you when when um, Doug Schaefer, the producer, came to me with the script, I, I just, it was a page turner. So it was just tell the story with as much honesty as you can. And uh, you know, when you're directing a movie, you're directing performances. Your job is to really be the ambassador for the audience. So yeah. when you're behind the camera, you're just looking for moments of truth. And and there's those are the pillars that carry the movie. And then. You just tell the story and let them be who they are and find moments of humor where you can and moments of struggle kind of punctuate those and just tell the journey in a way that doesn't um, doesn't look down on the audience, really does engage the audience. And it's it's kind of a, like a, an algebra equation. You're making you're collecting these scenes as you're shooting out of order. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of racing against the sun and the world is like spinning and it's a lot of pressure. But somehow they all of it comes together in a way and in this case you know some movies work and some movies don't in this case somehow it all worked so beautifully all the elements and when sony when they saw the cut they only had a few small minor notes they really loved it and they added a couple of lines in in post-production and adr just to clarify some plot points but it was pretty incredible the experience making this movie well, if for no other reason, and this is one of my favorite scenes, I don't know why it just came top of mind, but when Philip is in the lunchroom confronting the bully yes. and hit that left hook, I'll yeah. tell you what, for any kid who'd ever been picked on before, I mean, it's just one of those standalone moments where you're like, yeah, nice shot. You know, I mean, oh, I love that. And we did that scene in one take, like the really locked in one shot. We oh covered it from a couple of angles, but it was beautiful. Actually, I have a behind the scenes video of us to just kind of working through the scene, but um. But yeah, it was, uh, it's like, yeah, Philip is innocent, but he also has complexity too. Yeah. He's like, mm -hmm. he he has anger in him, you know? And it was sure. a moment to express that. This is not a sentimental film. It's a realistic film, but it has yeah. emotionality in it, you know? Yeah, well, I, I, it absolutely worked for me and I know it'll work for our bottom of my listeners too. Amin Matalka, the director of the brand new movie called 5,000 Blankets. 5,000blanketsmovie.com is up at the bottom line show.com. The movie's in theaters today and tomorrow. Go see it. Amin, thank you for the great work you've done on this project and thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. Thanks so much, Roger. You're awesome. Thank you. I really appreciate it. 
Well, we had a great time having that conversation. And of course, the video will be up eventually at myhopenow.com of our uh, Zoom conversation there. Uh, Mean Matalka, the director of 5,000 Blankets. This is an outstanding movie. If you've ever worked with anybody in homeless ministry, if you've ever, if you've had someone in your family, perhaps, who's suffered from a mental illness like Bobby Birch, uh, they're in the movie uh, is paranoid schizophrenic and uh, that's his his story um <clears throat> your, your heart will heart will be touched by this but you'll be motivated to serve that's for sure 5000 movie uh, 5000 blanketsmovie.com is the website that's up at the bottom line show.com you can watch the trailer and we have tickets it's movie monday we're giving away a couple of pair of tickets to see 5000 blankets and these are courtesy of our friends at fathom events and they are for tomorrow night's screening okay so you got all day to figure out if there's a theater really close enough to you and if you want to win these tickets please give us a call right now crystal and teresa answering the phones at 800-227-5278 800-227-5278 800 the number to get you through to the bottom line bless your children with the help you've always wanted to give them newport bay mortgage works with your unique circumstances to explain the benefits of a reverse mortgage in today's market Act now and provide for your family in need by gifting them a fraction of the fruits of your labor. With Newport Bay Mortgage, you can clarify the advantages of a reverse mortgage in your specific situation with professional insights on the current market. Sharing the rewards of a reverse mortgage is a valuable act of service that helps your loved ones establish valuable financial security for the future. Use the gift from your home to contribute towards God's work and plans by blessing your family in need with real financial help. Make up your mind today to make a difference in the lives of those who mean the most to you. Start by calling Newport Bay Mortgage at 714-741-8080, 714-741-8080. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse or NMLS 332959. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Boy, there are so many things you can do, different things you can do with a reverse mortgage these days. You don't have to be 62. Some programs start a little earlier than that. You don't have to take cash out of an existing home. In some cases, you could use a reverse mortgage to purchase a home. But leave that living and lasting legacy for your family right now. Go to kbrightradio.com forward slash reverse today. My thanks again to Amin Matalka, who is the director of the brand new movie called 5,000 Blankets, 5,000blanketsmovie.com is the website. We've got the trailer up at thebottomlineshow.com. And you have an opportunity to see the movie tomorrow night. Give us a call at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have two pair of tickets on this movie Monday to give away. And we're giving away between now and the top of the hour. you got about 10 minutes left to call in, so do not sit on your thumbs. Uh, don't sit on your hands. Pick up the phone and call 800-227-5278. The movie is on a Fathom Events event, and our friends at Fathom Events have provided two pair of tickets. Thank you, Colette, and uh, everyone involved in Ray Nutt, the CEO. Uh, we're very grateful for that partnership. Um, the movie's in theaters tonight and tomorrow. If you didn't win tickets and you want to go tonight, by all means, go see it tonight. But uh, if you want tickets for tomorrow night's screening, give us a call at 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. Worldwide, there are about 2.75 million people diagnosed with schiz paranoid schizophrenia every year. Right now, about 85 people out of every 10,000 will develop the condition. 
And in the story of uh, Cindy and Bobby Birch, they have a different last name in the uh, in the movie. But and their son Philip, who was five at the time, Bobby had been dealing with his paranoia for quite some time. He had been on medication for it, and quite simply, the reason that this precipitated the way it did was he was having difficulty reconciling the medication part. And this is not uncommon. If you know someone with mental illness, perhaps you've had uh, this conversation with them. Maybe someone who's depressed and doesn't like the fact that if they don't take their pill every day, then their depression isn't kept in check. And I know, especially for uh, Christian families in particular, who have a member of the family that's dealing with this type of challenge, it's not just them who's dealing with it, it's the entire family. But you begin to see the connection between mental illness and homelessness in a movie like 5,000 Blankets. And that there's a faith component to this as well. The Birches are, especially Cindy Birch, very strong in her faith in Christ. Uh, initially, when she started the ministry of what was uh, 5,000 Blankets, it's since become Philip's Wish, that, that after their their son. And basically what it, what it started out was, was the simple crux of the movie is uh, Bobby takes off one day. He hadn't taken his meds in a while, and he's having an episode you know, the paranoia, the headaches, everything, it just drives him crazy. He gets in his truck and drives away and they go looking for him. I mean, that's the, the, the bulk of the movie is their search to try to find Bobby, wondering if he'll wind up in the homeless population, wondering if he's going to make it through the night to that particular year, I believe it's 2005 or 2006, uh, Fort Worth had a very, very bitter cold winter. But it then begs the question, you know, how many times do we go to bed at night on a cold night that's cold for us. It might not even actually be that cold. I mean, especially if you're in California, we don't always know what cold is. If we get four inches of rain and go, oh my gosh, it's the apocalypse. <laughs> Whereas you get a place like Houston, Texas, that gets 48 inches of rain every year and say, you know, what we call four inches of rain. We call that Tuesday. Um, here though, we, we are come face to face with some real challenges. The issue of mental illness, how mental illness can lead to homelessness how easy it is for us to dismiss. And even in the body of Christ, that one scene I mentioned where, I, I mean, to uh, Matalga, our director of the movie, we're talking about when Cindy finally, she her pastor comes to visit, they explain the whole situation. Um, and it all started with a five-year-old boy asking, is dad going to be okay tonight? He's out in the street. We think, we hope he's somewhere. Is he going to be okay? Is he going to be warm? And the 5,000 number comes from the number of people at that time who were counted as homeless in the Fort Worth area. Nationwide, the homeless number is around a half million of people who are counted as homeless, but there's kind of a transitory nature to the homeless situation. And evidently, there are several thousand more people who are just, they don't get counted because they don't stay long, or the city's solution to ending homelessness is get rid of these people. I mean... The, uh, the the bus ticket program that California Governor Gavin Newsom likes to brag about is literally just going into places like L.A. and San Francisco and saying, give me an address, an address of a relative. will give you a free one-way bus ticket out of here. So there, we solved the problem. You can go stay with your aunt or uncle. You can stay with your kids. You can stay. Well, it's not that simple. There's a possibility the person is homeless because the family said you've got some issues to deal with and you can't deal with them here. 
So oftentimes moving on for someone who's homeless is not a solution at all. Um, I like the fact that uh, Amin told me that just now in our conversation that when he made the movie, he said, I wanted to make it emotional. I didn't want to make it sentimental. This is not a sentimental movie. It's a it's a tough one. It's about kids getting bullied by other kids because dad has a mental challenge. It's about mom, mom working two jobs and moving back in with her mom because they can't pay the rent or pay the mortgage and, you know, just dealing with the reality. And out of that, out of that desire to make sure that dad had a blanket so he was not cold out on the street and the desire to find him, to give him the blanket, a ministry was born. Philip's Wish is the name of the ministry. And they now raise, as you heard, uh, I mean, Metalka, the director of 5,000 Blankets, tell us they raise, in addition to blankets, they get uh, toiletries and medical supplies. They're raising more than 100,000 pieces of those things every year to distribute to people who are on the street experiencing homelessness. New York City wants to find people who are on the street experiencing homelessness and put them in a mental hospital. That may not be the best thing for these people. But how do we in the body of Christ minister to not only the homeless folks, but remember the families that are impacted by this as well? Uh, see the movie 5,000 Blankets. You will be inspired. Uh, just buckle up because we get into the mental illness part right off the bat, okay? Uh, 800 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. We've got two pair of tickets for tomorrow night showing. 5,000 Blankets is in theaters tonight, December the 12th, and tomorrow night, December 13th. We have two pair of passes, uh, and these passes are, you know, two tickets each, for the screening tomorrow night, December 13th. Check fathomevents.com to find out where you can get screening information, find out where the tickets are available in your area. See this movie, take a friend, and then be inspired by what God would have you do based on what you've seen. Let this movie spur you on to good works. May this program spur you on to good works as well. For our KCBC audience, you can enjoy the rest of your day and listen to Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus. That's coming up next. We'll check you out tonight at 7 on Bottom Line Show Extra, and tomorrow at 10.30 in the morning on the Bottom Line Rewind. For those who remain on the network, we're going to talk football. Well, World Cup anyway. Uh, with a soccer coach, soccer player, guy who started a league, started a team. And oh, by the way, he's also a pastor as well. Aaron Treadway uh, knows what it's like to try to live the life, to live life to the fullest based on his own personal worldly desires. But how do we live life to the fullest I mean, let's face it, as Christians, we don't want to get sucked up into the world. We were to be in the world, but not of the world. At the same time, though, how do we pursue significance in God's economy and not miss out on all the blessings and benefits that are available to us? Pastor Aaron Treadway writes about this in this book called Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. And we have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. As we continue, Aaron Treadway and I will talk World Cup soccer. We'll also talk about purpose and significance in his brand new book. That's all coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. 
Well, a special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line to talk about a couple of things that are very, very important, uh, not the least of which is finding significance in your life, but also, too, the World Cup. Uh, joining me here on the broadcast is Pastor Aaron Treadway, who has a uh, passion for, uh, of course, the beautiful game, but also is a pastor and an author. The brand new book is called Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance, and that uh, we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Pastor Aaron Treadway, welcome to The Bottom Line Show. Roger, thanks for having me. Glad to be uh, with you here, and especially, I mean, I mentioned your soccer background here. I mean, and this is not just a soccer background, though, you, for our KCBC uh, audience, of course, he's a graduate of Cal State uh, Stanislaus, in addition to Liberty University, with degrees in physical education, as well as theology, and a doctorate in ministry, too. Aaron, talk about your soccer, your footy background, before we get into the ministry background. I know a lot of people listen to this program. We were talking about the National Crawford Roundtable podcast a couple weeks ago. We were talking about uh, World Cup, who's watching it? And I said, well, I am. And the other guys are like, ah, soccer is so boring. <laughs> I'm like, well, when you talk to people who actually play it and know the sport, it really is a beautiful game, isn't it? I was going to say World Cup, who's not watching it? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> you know that, that almost half of the world's population is going to watch the World Cup final. Incredible. So it, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a powerful vehicle in the world. And that's really what I latched on to a number of decades ago that you know, I came to the belief that God gave me a love and, and a gift to play soccer for a reason. And it I wasn't it. all about me. It had to do a lot about his purposes and his plans in the world. So I love it. I it's love been it. a great game for me. You know, I was blessed to be able to play professionally for 13 seasons and go on to coach professionally for a number of years. And, and now I coach five-year-olds. So there you yeah, go. There you go. There you go. And, th and that's the real challenge, right? To heck with these guys. <laughs> and who are that's getting the paid. hardest coaching assignment I've ever had. Absolutely. It is. As long as you're okay with them, just kind of, what do they call it? Bumble ball or whatever, where they just kind of all go around. It doesn't matter what net it goes into. Everyone's having fun, right? Exactly. Well, that's okay. my only rule. You have to have fun. Yeah, good. Well, I appreciate that. You know, it's interesting when you look at your your brand new book, Don't Miss Your Life, which we've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. I'm sure there are a lot of people right now who are going through the paces in life, but they're kind of missing the life that God has for them. Talk about why this is such an important message, especially now as we're winding up 2022, as we're moving into a brand new year, and a lot of people are spending some time asking that question, well, am I just going through the motions or am I really living a life of significance? I resonate with this quote from the actor Jim Carrey, won the Golden Globe one year and said uh, in his acceptance speech, I wish everyone could get rich and famous and get everything they ever dreamed of so that they could know it's not the answer. Mm. And, and for me, I, I, I wasn't as successful as maybe Jim Carrey, but I started to experience some of the success that I wanted in life. You know, I became a professional athlete and some of the things that go along with that and I started to really believe at a certain point that success can't satisfy the deep longings of our soul. Um, and so I went on a journey of, of trying to figure out, well, what does? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I became a Christian, started following Jesus uh, in, in college, actually, so a little bit later. Um, but just because I was a Christian didn't mean that I understood what could get me off this treadmill of, you know, constantly striving for something that wasn't ultimately going to satisfy. Mm -hmm. Is it tougher for us in the States, Aaron? I mean, I, I found myself using this phrase more and more, and I, I don't have an international mission bent per se, but it seems like the culture and Christianity have almost become interchangeable. And something tells me that that's where a lot of American Christians are looking for their quote unquote success in life. What's your take on that? Yeah, I think we're, we just, we live in a real blessed 
nation in a lot of different ways, um, you know, and so I think there's a lot of benefit to that. And there's a lot, there's some challenges to that. I spent a lot of time in Africa and Asia, South America, and, you know, there, there are different blessings, but there are different challenges. Sure. So, yeah, I think that part of the, the, the challenge that we have as Americans is deciphering uh, the gospel from our culture, you know, like in trying to figure out, well, how do we uh, be Christ? We, we live our lives out, you know, as Christians, but am amongst and amidst, you know, a culture that often has a very different perspective. Pastor Aaron Treadway is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, and his brand new book is called Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, you've identified in the book, obviously, I mean, and we would be, <clears throat> we'd be remiss if we thought, well, okay, Pastor Aaron's written a 200-page book that's going to solve all your problems and point you on the path to significance, and everyone's going to have success with that. That would be Actually, I think that'd be a little too a Western church for us to say. We could, I preached this five-part series one time, and you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's not going to work. But there are some things that we can do in terms of identifying a problem that's, you know, that we're facing right now in terms of why so many people get to a certain age, 50, 60, 70, and go, oh my gosh, I mean, I just, I've, I've got all these things, I've got all these accolades, and I have really nothing but disappointment. And then what are the solutions? So could you kind of give us maybe a flyover, if you will, of, you know, kind of put, help us boil the problem down to something we can all understand. And then you've got a couple of points in your book that talk about um, getting to the solution to this problem. Yeah, I think the question is, how do we get off this treadmill? You know, we're constantly going after certain things and they're probably good things. You know, uh, I don't know about your your kids, but mine like to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I got to work because I got to put food on the table. And, sure. And those are good things, in fact. But the enemy has a funny way of kind of twisting things up. And and we make kind of secondary things, main things, main goals in our life. Um, at least that's what I found. So, you know, there's no silver bullet here, but I think there are some tangible things that we can do. Uh, to get off that treadmill of always striving. Because the reality is, when we get some of those things, they do satisfy, but it's a very short time that we actually are satiated. Um, you know, for, for me, the, the number one thing is to build our lives on the foundation of, of Christ, to become rich in the things of God. And I know for a lot of Americans, we want to become rich in the things of the world. We want the right. wealth and the house and the car and yeah. nothing against those things. I tell people all the time, no problem with having money as long as money doesn't have its grip on you. Yes. And that's yes. been a big challenge in my life, even personally, is trying to keep in balance. Yes, I need money as long as that need doesn't have, you know, a stronghold on my life. So I've really be made my objective to become rich in the things of, of God. Yeah. And that's really a key for us to, to understand and fully grasp. And for someone like you, Aaron, who's traveled to so many countries, who's, who's written and spoken uh, to so many different types of audiences, you've seen what it's like to see the richest, you know, of the rich, if you will, in terms of uh, influence and affluence. And then also seeing people too who have a faith that is so strong and is so firmly planted, and yet they're squeaking by on just a few dollars a day. Uh, Aaron Treadway is my guest today here on the Bottom Line, lead pastor of Fellowship City Church in Cleveland, and also uh, a footy expert, football, and, and talk about the uh, beautiful game of soccer. His brand new book is called Don't Miss Your Life The Secret to Significance. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Uh, you mentioned something about uh, uh, being rich, you know, and, and with the definition of 
uh, what you would call well wealth as opposed to it. Uh, talk about what well, that's one of the, the ways that uh, well actually a couple of ways that you encourage your readers to pursue significance and they're and they're very practical ways too i think sometimes we think we have to go climb a mountain or you know kill a mountain lion or something like that especially us guys right you know buy a motorcycle and travel across the country but you're you're the way you outline it in the book don't miss your life is a lot more practical than that kind of walk us through that yeah you know when you're i don't know if this is where you were leading me but this is where my mind went you know sure. for me i'm all about the idea of of john 10 10 where jesus says i have come that you might know life and have it in abundance, life to the full. And for me, that's really become my goal is, you know, I don't want just a few of the things that maybe God might be willing to give me. I want the fullness, the richness of everything that God might be willing to bestow upon me. And, you know, we, we talked about that idea that it, it starts and, and really the foundation is, you know, are we finding our significance in, in Christ? Are we building our lives around the things of God? And I think, you know, there's another very practical thing that we can invest in building our lives in relationship with one another. Uh, I think especially in the United States, uh, we're a very, um, you know, like I can do it on my own. Like right. I'm going to stand right. on my own two feet and there's nothing wrong with autonomy. Uh, but I think that we were designed by God for relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that. We're going to take a quick break, and I want to dive a little deeper on uh, that topic on the other side of this break, because, yes, we do have to stand on our own, and one day all of us will stand before the Lord and receive our judgment. At the same time, though, that standing on our own means we also stand with our brothers and sisters in Christ, and so it's kind of a both-and, not an either-or. Pastor Aaron Treadway is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. Call Dennis Wilson and his team today. Wilson Financial Services, honoring God and their clients by stewarding their money well. 800-696-9970. Just reviewed a client who put money into 3D alternative versus leaving it in a bank. The results are in and they're fun. It's a fun report. Bank zero, God's kingdom, two churches in Africa. I often wonder why God's people don't do a better job with stewarding God's money. And I personally think one of them is that they've never been told how or why they should be doing it. Maybe they never heard it's God's money and we're only to be the good stewards of it. But just for fun, this turned out Bank Zero, God's Kingdom, two churches in Africa. This isn't your money. This is God's money. And we want to show you how to be the best possible steward you can be. Wilson Financial Services, 800-696-9970. Or fill out the contact form at kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Pastor Aaron Treadway, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Aaron Treadway, a professional soccer player, owner, manager, ministry guy. He's also the lead pastor at Fellowship City Church. Talk about your relationship. I mean, you have uh, academic experience at Cal State San Islas here in uh, uh, Northern California and also at Liberty University. Uh, what is it about Cleveland that keeps you and your wife and your family there? <laughs> what what isn't to like about Cleveland, Roger? I uh, mean, <laughs> it's the cultural epicenter of the world. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm from California originally, um, yeah. but we, my wife, and my wife is from South Africa actually. But we really have fallen in love with the people of Cleveland. We love yeah. the Midwest. We love the Four Seasons. It is a little bit cold at times, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. but uh, but we just it's really a calling on our yeah. life. And and we really have fallen in love with this place. 
Well, I love the fact that you have such a thriving ministry in so many different areas. And of course, this new book is uh, the latest chapter, literally, in that uh, saga. Aaron Treadway's book called Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance is up at thebottomlineshow.com. We were talking about the problem that people run into in terms of pursuing significance, some of the solutions we get into. You have a midpoint, uh, an intermission, if you will, in the book that I love the title of this, The Why is Your Way. Talk about what you mean by that. It sounds very clever, but it's also very insightful. Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, you know, I've always been captivated by this idea that no one ever drifts to success. Like you don't just drift into the life that you want most. And if you're thinking through a Christian lens, you don't drift into the fullness of God, into the abundant Christian life. Mm -hmm. You got to understand, like, why am I here? What's yeah. what is my purpose? And, and I love to talk to people about that. There's this verse in Isaiah 40 that compares our lives to grass. Like mm -hmm. all men are like grass and our glory, like the flowers of the field, the wind blows whoosh, yep, and we're bye. gone. Yep. And so are we going to live for our own glory or is our purpose here on earth something greater, something more? And, and I'm convinced that we are here for the glory of God. Amen. That is why we exist. And we've got to figure out how do we leverage our time and our talents and our treasure for things that last? Hmm. You know, I think about the, the value that we have and the thing you, you mentioned, the leveraging, which I love, multiplication and leverage. I think that's God's primary love language when it comes to the gifts that we've been given. And yet one of the chapters you write about, I mean, one of the ways we, you encourage your readers to pursue significance involves the giving away of your life. And I, I wonder, help our audience explain that, because I'm sure some people heard that and said, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I gave my life to Christ, et cetera. But others might say, hey, wait a minute. Doesn't that mean I'm going to get taken advantage of? Doesn't that mean that, you know, how can I live a life of significance if I'm constantly just giving away my time and my talent and my treasures to people who don't necessarily appreciate it? Yeah, I, I, I wonder sometimes, and I've even wondered out loud to God, can I outgive God? Mm. You know, like, <laughs> yeah. is it possible to outgive God? And, and I think that's sometimes our fear. Like, well, if I give this, you know, whether it's time or talent or treasure, you know, maybe I'm not going to have enough for me. Right. And right. what I found is that I really can't outgive God. Um, now, I'm not saying go out and give your house away and give all your, you know, all your treasures away or your time or talent, but I am saying put God to the test in this area. You know, the more you give, the, what I found is the more you receive. Mm -hmm. Like as you pour yourself out, God just pours more into your life. And that's how you start to uh, experience his abundance is you live this life that's others focused. And I think it looks different for each of us. So yeah, what God's it, calling me to do isn't necessarily the way that God is calling you to be others focused. But what I know is that he's called us to focus on others. Mm. Aaron Treadway is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. Pastor Treadway is the author of the brand new book called Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Aaron, a lot of people are making... I still do make New Year's resolutions. You know, we're a couple of weeks away from January 1st. And I would love for you to kind of walk our listeners through how you would recommend if someone said, Pastor Aaron, I want to I, I want something different. I know that if I keep doing the same thing over and over again, I'm going to get the same thing over and over again. And quite frankly, I think during the pandemic years, there were a lot of people who just wanted something to hold on to, you know, some kind of normalcy. So I love the timing of this book coming out because it really does challenge us, exhort us, if you will to want more, in not in terms of wealth and possessions, but rather just in significance in God's economy. 
what kinds of things can we should we be in your estimation putting on that uh, to do list for the new year and in terms of our uh, new year's resolutions and what kind of things would you recommend if are there one or two things that we typically would put on that you'd say hey why don't you leave that off the list this year <laughs> yeah i think it's a good question i don't know how it goes for you but often my my whatever's on my list lasts about three days. Right, <laughs> right. Um, but, but as I think about that, I, I think, you know, what I would tell anybody is choose something that has eternal significance, something that's going to have eternal value. Yeah. I think it was D.L. Moody who originally said, our greatest fear, it shouldn't be a failure, but of overwhelming success at things that don't really matter. Right. Um, and I think that the challenge is so often the message that we get from the world is that we should have this high value on things that are ultimately passing away. Um, and so how can we, we root our lives and aim at, at a target that has eternal significance? Uh, for me in, in 2022, the year that we're kind of wrapping up now, my, my great goal was joy. <laughs> I want more joy. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's not necessarily uh, it's kind of hard to quantify, but you know it when you've got it right. You know right. It when you're experiencing it and, and joy is something that I can experience each day. You know, it doesn't have to be this up and down. That's happiness. I want that that eternal kind of joy. Yeah. Well, and I love the perspective that you're offering for us, too, because I, I think it's virtually impossible for us to discover our actual God given purpose if we're spending so many days, so many hours, so much agony or time or blood, sweat, tears, whatever, on things that really don't matter. That Moody quote just gets me right between the eyes because of the fact that there are so many things that people are trying to be, quote unquote, good at, and so many experts, you know, in the field. And you're, you have a lot of advanced education. And for you, you're still saying, hey, wait a minute. I mean, the degrees are nice, but the wisdom is more important. That's eternal, not the data. You know, that's going to change every day. And, I, and I'm grateful that you shared that with us. Pastor Aaron Treadway, my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. What advice do you have, Pastor Aaron, for somebody right now who, who says, gosh, I've been listening to you guys have this conversation, and I realize I've been missing my life. I'm kind of, you know, I'm there. I'm in some of the pictures, you know, I mean, there's, there's evidence that I was actually there, but I really don't get the sense at this season in life that my life really has any significance. How do we turn that around? Yeah, it's, it's really why I wrote the book, Roger. Um, again, I don't think there's any silver bullet, but I really do think that it, it has a lot to do with finding a worthy goal uh, to aim at, you know, and I guess what I would challenge people to consider is what is your life aimed at? You know, what, what are you, what is that target that you're ultimately trying to hit? Because again, nobody's ever going to drift to success. Right. You're not going to just drift into the life that God has created you to live. You got to choose a target and you got to deliberately go after that every single day. I love that. I, th I think of the noted theologian, former British Prime Minister Tony Blair, obviously not a noted theologian, but <laughs> someone was asking him about when President Bush was in the White House, uh, President Bush 43, and he had a reputation of not being a great linguist, not being a great public speaker or whatever. And someone asked him, do you think this guy is you know, really capable for uh, you know, occupying the Oval Office? And I love this response. He said, nobody stumbles into the presidency. And I thought that <laughs> perfectly put, God is a God of order and a God of intentionality. So of course we should be pursuing significance and purpose in our lives. And I'm grateful that you are helping us uh, to see that target to aim at. 60 seconds left in our conversation. The most important question of the dialogue, Pastor Aaron Treadway, who do you like 
in the World Cup? I mean, we're down to four. Who, who, Croatia, my goodness, Morocco. Who do you like in the in the finals? You know, some of your listeners might hold this against me, but I'm cheering for Messi. You oh, know, yeah? okay. I, I want to see Messi win a World Cup, so I'm gonna I'm gonna put all my eggs in the Argentina basket. Viva Argentina! Okay, fair enough. I mean that that's great, and I think that'd be wonderful. I, it really is nice for me. It's anybody but France. I don't know why. It's a whole. I got a friend who's a big you know has a ministry in France. He loves that. Anybody? Okay, I'm, as long as they're not in the final, yeah. I'm a happy guy. <laughs> well, we'll uh, see. The French yeah. are pretty good. The yeah, they, defending champions. I know, I know, but I mean, I'm just happy the Americans got in the knockout round. So good for them. Yeah. Something to build on. Pastor Aaron Treadway. The book is called "Don't Miss Your Life: The Secret Significance." We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Aaron, thanks for your time today. Nice to meet you, and uh, Merry Christmas from all of us here at the Bottom Line Show. Merry Christmas. Thanks, Roger. What a great conversation. Very, very encouraging as well. And I've got good news for you. We have a couple of copies, actually three copies of this book to give away by Pastor Aaron Treadway. So once again, we got just a few minutes left in the program. So I think everybody who calls it asking for this book is going to get it. Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance by Pastor Aaron Treadway, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. I mentioned we have three copies of this book to give away. So you have an excellent chance of winning one of them. 800-227-5278. That's the number to get you through to the bottom line. You know, I'm so grateful that we talk about lives of significance and what that means uh, in the body of Christ. And one of the things that it does mean for me personally is that we recognize the value of life from the moment of conception, from the moment that first heartbeat shows around. And our friends at Preborn are doing a really radical thing they're showing ultrasounds to expectant moms of their kids, letting them see the kids' faces and letting them hear the heartbeat at a pregnancy health center. You know what that the left says? Hey, that's terrible. That you can't do that. But when they do it, then a miracle happens because not only is the miracle of childbirth unveiled, well, eventually a few weeks after that happens, but the conception of the child, you see God's handiwork at work and you begin to realize this is a precious gift. And you as the mom have the responsibility either to raise that child or release that child for adoption. Now in places like California where abortion is still legal, a lot of women don't have this knowledge and they choose abortion. But preborn fosters the spirit of adoption and parenting. Give your best gift to preborn right now, 833-850-BABY or go online to kbrightradio.com Click the preborn banner and make a donation to support preborn today. 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line show, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278. That's the number that you can now call to win one of the three copies of Pastor Aaron Treadway's book, Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance that we're giving away right now. Keep it crystal busy at 800-227-5278. want to congratulate David from San Diego and also Karen from Mission Viejo. They are the two winners of each of them won a pair of tickets to see the movie 5,000 Blankets, which will be in theaters actually tonight through Fathom Events and tomorrow night. Uh, David and Karen both won tickets to tomorrow night screening. Um, 5,000blanketsmovie.com is where you find the trailer. We've got it up at thebottomlineshow.com. It's in about 800 theaters. It's a powerful story of Cindy Birch, she and her husband, Bobby, and their son, Philip, uh, go on this remarkable journey after Bobby's paranoid uh, schizophrenia uh, gets to be more than he can bear. He goes off his meds and winds up going uh, 
literally homeless in the streets of Fort Worth, Texas. And Cindy and her five-year-old son, Philip, go looking for him. And they stumble into a whole new ministry of helping the homeless, which they've been doing. The ministry is called Philip's Wish. It's been in operation since about 2005, 2006. And they routinely help with about 100,000 uh, different, uh, the placement of 100,000 different items for the homeless, toiletries, medical supplies, etc., um, in the Fort Worth area been doing so for quite some time. There's a scene in the movie where Cindy gets permission from her pastor to stand in front of the congregation and say, hey, we want to raise 5,000 blankets. The significance of that number is that's what at the time the estimated homeless population of Fort Worth was. And so they set up a big uh, container to, you know, let's get the church involved. Everyone bring it. They're like four blankets that are donated <laughs> the first time out of the shoot. The church, it, it, that message went over with an overwhelming, resounding thud. Bottom line for us as Christians, we're living in a world that's temporary, filled with a lot of temporal things. Once we get to heaven, there will be no mental illness. There will be no homelessness. There will be nobody too cold or too warm or too hungry or too tired. There will be no more tears of sorrow. I believe there will be tears of joy. But when you think about it, it will be joy and not happiness. Happiness is based on what's happening right now. But joy is something you carry with you, whether Things are going your way or whether they're not. The question isn't so much, did you live a good life at a nice house with a nice car and a nice job? Or did you have one of those tough lives where you never got any of that stuff? We just talked to Pastor Aaron Treadway about living a life of significance and saying, yeah, I want the abundance that God has for me here. But at the same time, if that becomes our God, if we start trusting the, trusting the blessing rather than the blessor, our priorities are out of whack. Can you, quote unquote, have it all? I believe if you do have it all, the first thing you want to do with it is give it away because God has more for you. And when you see people who are less fortunate, the solution is not we are going to get every homeless person off the street. We're going to feed every hungry child. We're going to clothe every naked person. That's not the goal. What did Jesus say? Jesus said, you will always have the poor with you. But for me right now, and then he goes on to talk about why Mary and the, uh, the alabaster jar was not such a bad thing in that moment. It's all about priorities. God is watching how we steward the resources that he has given to us and provided to us and asking the question, what will you do with them? And the reality is really very simple. We are good stewards with what God entrusts to us or we aren't. I mean, it's, those are really the only two options. When you see a movie like 5,000 Blankets, you, I believe your heart will be motivated to take action. When you read a book like Don't Miss Your Life, The Secret to Significance, I believe you'll want to take action as well. But before you do that, make sure you're in prayer, make sure you're in the word, make sure you're fellowshipping with other Christians and asking and answering questions about what that calling might be. Let God speak to you clearly in the still small voice of our best friend, the Holy Spirit. That's the bottom line.